Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, Rush Nation. Before we get on to tonight's show, I need to tell you about the very first five-yard college giveaway, courtesy of NFL UK card breaks. If you want to win an autographed Antoine Winfield Jr. rookie card, and there are only 75 of those in the entire world, and any cards pulled for your preferred NFL team, you need to get involved on Twitter. And here's what you have to do. You have to follow our account at 5 Yard College and follow at NFL underscore UK breaks on Twitter. Once you've done that, all you have to do is retweet the giveaway and comment with the name of your favourite NFL team. It really is as simple as that. And who doesn't love free stuff? The winner will be drawn on Friday the 21st of August. Hey Rush Nation, we're back. Ash, how are you feeling mate? We've missed you. Yeah, I, I missed it last week. I'm, I'm feeling much better now, thank you. It was uh, a bit of a toy one last week, so I'm glad to be back at it. It sounds like one of those where we, uh, the less we know the better by the sounds of it. Oh, 100%, yeah. <laughs> right. We'll leave that one there then. We'll leave that one there. So Ash, uh, last week we, we brought stocks in and we had just heard news that It was unconfirmed at the time that the Big Ten Conference would not be playing football. We can now confirm that that is the case. It won't just be the Big Ten. Pac-12 Conference will not be playing football this fall. But Big 12, SEC and ACC all still seem intent to play. Ash, we've been waiting for for this sort of news to come for, for weeks now and things have been building up. Are you surprised? Um, I'm surprised that the that the Big Ten and Pac-12 have made the decision to cancel outright. Um, I thought that the Power Five may have tried to do a joint decision, mm-hmm. um, but obviously that's not been the case. As it stands, Big 12, SEC, SEC and ACC are still going. Um, that could again, that could change in the next couple of days or weeks or whatever, or they could, they could well go ahead. And I hope they do because I'd like to see some sort of football this, this year. But yeah, it, it did take me a little bit aback that they, that they decided to just cancel outright um, sort of independently to any of the other conferences. Once I'd seen Big Ten and Pac-12 go, I thought, well, it's only a matter of time before the rest of the dominoes fall. And I, I said to, to Stocks last week, if, if any conference was to, was to play, it was going to be the SEC um, because they seem most intent to play. It feels like at the minute a shame for, for players in the Big Ten and Pac-12 and what it might mean for them, because we have seen players come out with the hashtag, we want to play. Yeah, so that was the uh, petition that Justin Fields and a couple of others um, started on Sunday, uh, the, the hashtag, we want to play. Um, so he's put, we, the football players of the Big Ten, together with the fans and supporters of college football, request that the Big Ten Conference immediately reinstate the 2020 football season. 
allow Big Ten players slash teams to make their own choice as to whether they wish to play or opt out this full season. Allow Big Ten players slash teams who choose to opt out of playing a full season to do so without penalty or repercussion. And as of this morning, I believe, it had um, just, it had over 200,000 signatures uh, in the first 24 hours. So it's, it's unsurprising. We've seen quite a few um, players, coaches alike coming out uh, with their mm-hmm. disagreement of what's happened, I guess. I guess when it comes to when it comes to cancelling the, the the entire conference, obviously these these conferences are doing so with the safety of fans, of coaches, of players in mind. And this petition isn't necessarily criticising anybody's decision to opt out if they choose to do so. And it's made very clear in the petition. I think what the petition's trying to do is just give people the choice because we talked about it last week. There's going to be lots of seniors who, in their heart of hearts, are not expecting to get a call from the NFL. And for, for a lot of them, this was going to be their, their last year playing college football and, and it's been taken away from them. Yeah, it is a real shame. Um, obviously, it remains to be seen how they handle that, the seniors in particular. Will they allow them to stay on next year? Will they... Because obviously a lot of them were still going to be continuing their studies, so technically they would have graduated. Are they really going to um, then stay? Um, or, as you say, is that it? Was last year their last year? Are they are they are they finish with football and and they do their studies and they move on? It's a there's a lot to digest, and especially for the for those type of players in particular that probably are, they probably are hoping that they still get that chance, but a lot of them are aware that this is it for them and it's a shame that it's had to end this way. You're absolutely right, Ash. I mean, we, we live in a time where you have to take one side of the argument and 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 sort of stick to that side and, and never revise your opinion. But it's incredibly difficult now to, on the one hand, try to promote the safety of not just players, but the general population. But at the same time, we don't want to see these, these careers end prematurely. Now, the SEC has come out swinging. Um, Nick Saban of the Alabama Crimson Tide said that players are a lot safer with us than they are running around at home. And that was um, a sentiment that was echoed by Ed Orgeron, who said, we've got to give our players the opportunity if it's safe for them. So again, in the SEC, um, the the head coaches in the programmes, they're not sort of wanting to play football and you know, to hell with the, the safety of players and fans, they're very aware that we, we need to keep infection rates down. I guess what they're saying is the best place for, for people to be, or for the athletes to be, is in a contained community on university campuses. Yeah, and to be honest, they're, they're not, they're, in a sense, they're not wrong. I think obviously the difficulty the the difficulty that you have with college that you may not potentially find with the NFL is that the the players the, the students can they can they can just go home and and that's where that they'll 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 potentially run into issues whereas obviously the NFL can be a bit more stringent like we see every year in training camp and pre-season the players are in a hotel and then at training and back to the hotel mm-hmm. you can potentially try and put something in place like that. Um, obviously, I don't know what sort of levels that the, the colleges can do that, but it is potentially an option. And I, I understand their point of view. Um, but I also do understand that the players that have decided, regardless of what's going to happen, that they're not going to play. 
um, family comes first. Uh, they may have, as we spoke about many a times before, they may have sick relatives or um, relatives with uh, medical issues, and they make that decision themselves. That they're just going to stay away completely, which is which is fine. Um, but uh, yeah, I just get my earlier comment is I'm I'm very surprised that they've cancelled it outright. Um, it, it did quite shoot me quite a lot, considering it was only two out of them as well. So obviously, Justin Fields wants to play. Countless players in the Big Ten and Pac-12 want to play. It's clear what what people like Nick Saban think. But we've not had good news from the NCAA this week, have we? No. So the NCAA chief medical officer, um, Dr. Brian Heinlein, um, has stated that without an improvement in nationwide testing, there is no way that football can go ahead in America. And that's not just testing of the players and the colleges. That is nationwide. The whole of America is is essentially flawed. Uh, we obviously saw the issues that we had over here with testing and just the the just the difficulty surrounding to get that set up and then monitoring it and, and all of that. They've got that on a scale much much larger than we do, yeah. um, and that's not good news. Obviously, we spoke a couple of weeks ago about the disagreement between the Power Five and the NCAA that they could potentially go their own way. However they still have to follow some sort of guidelines. So if the NCAA and the medical office, chief medical officer decides that you're not playing under the NCAA, that's, that's, that's the end of it. Then, mm-hmm. then they'll have to accept that. Um, it, I, feels, I imagine. It, it feels as though we could quite possibly have, have a revolution in college football in possibly a breakaway from the NCAA, but also we've seen this movement, almost a unionisation of, of student athletes. Uh, we see issues like uh, economic rights, naming rights for, for, for things like merchandise. Listen, I'm not saying there's going to be. We could end up just reverting back to the way things have always been. But in a time like this, the big questions like, should we respect student athletes as athletes? Uh, as well as as well as a student and is the ncaa still still fit for purpose yeah and again we we went through this a few weeks ago in, in quite a bit of detail but uh, yeah it's I, I think it will i think this is just the the catalyst for that to happen uh it won't be straight away there's more pressing concerns for them to worry about however following hopefully the resolution of this pandemic going on in in the country and in america and just in the world that will be the next topic of conversation um there's been many things going on at the moment and it, it's all just really come to a head and i can't see any way but them to either make radical changes or or they you're right they go their own way now nick saban was probably right when he said students are better off on campus based on what's happened in oklahoma last week nine oklahoma players have tested positive after a few days break from practice. We've also seen the rookie from the Seattle Seahawks has been caught. I can't remember his name, Ash, for trying to sneak a girl into the, into uh, the team yeah, facility. The, yeah, the cornerback. Um, I think it was, was it an undrafted rookie. Uh, yeah, he was undrafted. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't do matter where you drafted, does it? If you drafted number right. one overall or you're undrafted, whatever it is, whether you're a walk-on at college campus or a five-star recruit, you know, if you've spent your entire life sort of building up to playing football and then it all just gets taken away from you with, with something so stupid. But it sort of points towards what Nick Saban is saying, which is athletes need to be in this controlled environment. And, and what's happened at Oklahoma, 
seems to prove Nick Saban right. Kennedy Brooks, uh, the Sooners running back, has opted out if the Big 12 season goes ahead. Now, that was one that initially passed me by, Ash. Um, When we watched Oklahoma and Baylor, I was quite impressed with Kennedy Brooks. Um, Are we expecting him to declare for the draft? I I think he will. Mm, It's a difficult one. I I think he probably will do. Um, He's got a lot of tape um, from from previous years. He, he He has been impressive. Um, and he's already made that decision that he's, he's. Um, I think he might actually um, have already decided that he is going to prepare for the 2020 draft. Um, and it only came junior year, isn't he? So I mean, yeah, it came out. It only came out yesterday. Yeah, um, let's have a look. I believe I'm. I'm, I'm pretty sure he has already said that he's going to prepare for the 20. Yeah, he is. So he's um, he's going to prepare for the 2021 draft. So he's 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 made that decision on the spot, no research. Where's he going to go? Uh, day two, I would say. Yeah, I've got I've got a third round pick on him. Yeah, only only just yeah. where where I've got him in the running back rankings. Yeah, running back. There's a lot of running backs in there, so I'd say based on the competition and, and where we are at this present moment, late second, early third. Any more opt outs as well as Kennedy Brooks in the last week that I've missed? Uh, yeah, lots actually, all from one team. Uh, Van der Blyte have uh, had multiple players opt out, including three of their starters um, from last season. Um, I don't have the full list, but the coach came out and said it's five or six players have actually um, decided to opt out, and three of those are starters from last year. So they're in a bit of trouble as well. Um, again, obviously, it all depends on if their season goes ahead, but if it does, they're going to be uh, a bit low on the ground. Yeah, and in, in my SEC season preview, I had Vanderbilt down as the as the whipping boys of, of the East Division and it, it doesn't look good for them at this point. No. Let's finish on some good news, mate, because the news section at the minute seems all very doom and gloom, so we're desperate for things to look forward to. Anything to keep us keep a smile on our faces? Well, this one did put a smile on my face. It's not necessarily good news. I mean, it is for the guys who like the rankings and the stats and all that sort of thing. But the CFB have actually come out and said that they'll still be releasing the CFB rankings on August the 24th. Even with the cancellations, they'll be including all Division One teams. I found that a bit funny. They're going to rank Ohio State, who yep. at the minute aren't going to play a game of football. Correct. Okay. Yep. So okay. I find that quite funny, but on the flip side, I still, I mean, it's probably been ready for the last couple of months. Yeah. So yeah. as we well know with stuff like that, they've, they probably had it just sat there waiting to be released on, on the set day that they usually go for. So they've, they decided they're not, they're not, uh, they're not making any changes and probably for the right. I mean, that we could turn around again and, and big 10 and Pac 12 could decide actually, no, you know what we will, it's looking a little better. Why not? We'll, we'll We'll go back to it. But. Yeah, and, and I guess, I mean, we're both assuming that spring football won't happen, but I guess in theory, you know, these ranked teams will be playing in the new year as it stands at the minute. Yes. And finally, if we're looking ahead to uh, the number one prospect in high school football coming into the college game, quarterback Quinn Ewers has committed to the Texas Longhorns ahead of Ohio State and other schools that were recruiting him. Um, are you surprised to see a, a Texas boy signing with the Longhorns? Oh, uh, it's, it's quite nice to see. Well, he's, he's decided to stay at home and, and the Longhorns are, are by no means a, a poor um, 
a poor program at all. Um, they have got a real hoop here if he pans out how people expect him to. Um, I've seen reports all over the place that he's the best quarterback prospect since Trevor Lawrence. And obviously, <laughs> we see, on, yeah, and we've seen what he's managed to do. Um, so if that's, he can, if that, he can, that's the new benchmark now, isn't it? It used to be the best prospect since Andrew Luck. Now it's since yeah. Trevor Lawrence. It since feels Trevor like Lawrence. it's too soon to be saying that. It does, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, we still got to see Trevor Lawrence in the NFL, but based on what he's done in college, he's he's going to get a lot of um, young guys being compared to him. But it's a good. I think it's probably a good move for him. He, he can probably guarantee Barbar and any massive setbacks. He's going to walk into that as the starter. Um, and it's quite interesting because it's only been recently, in fact, last year that he really burst onto the scene um, at his high school. So, yeah, they've got a, they've got a real coop there. Um, very well done. I'm, it's unfortunate that Ohio can get their hands on him. And I guess, sort of, from a Texas point of view, sort of um, athletic directors and head coaches they always emphasise in-state recruiting and, and not losing your local recruits elsewhere. So huge news for Texas to get not just the number one recruit in the state, but in the country playing there. And if Sam Ellinger's right and Texas are back, you never know. It might not be under him. It might be under Quinn Ewers. Exactly. Okay, we've talked a little bit about Ohio and the Big Ten and a little bit about Pac-12. We've got some huge names at the minute that, that won't be playing football. And I guess, Ash, we could play a little game of transfer or opt-out. So you've got the list of some big names um, in those conferences who right now will not be playing football and need to make a decision. Are they going to transfer to another programme or are they going to opt out, declare for the draft early? How does that sound? Yeah, sounds good. All right, mate. Hit us with our first one. So the first one has got to be Justin Fields. So obviously we've gone in a, a bit of detail about him as a player. We know everyone knows what he's going to be doing, what 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 he can do and the talent he has. Um, I would find it very surprising if he transferred. Um, oh, it's a no to be brainer. honest with you. Yeah, he's he's no going to declare. Yeah, he's going to declare. Mean, and for for a for a player of his ability, for someone who's going to go second pick in the draft behind Trevor Lawrence as it stands, what what's he going to gain? You know, what are you going to see yeah, from exactly. Justin Fields in one year on another college program that's going to convince anyone to take him ahead of Trevor Lawrence? It's just only bad things can happen for me if he transfers. Exactly. If 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 a, a Ohio State season was going to go ahead, he could probably he would probably be competing with Lawrence for that number one. Now he was probably not going to be playing this year. He's he's going to probably have to settle in behind that. I still fully expect him to be a top five pick. Um, Obviously, we've we've seen it in the past. The one year starter going into the NFL high draft pick doesn't always pan out. Mm-hmm. However, what Fields are you, say, are you show... saying that to wind me up, Ash? No, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Is that a Sam Darnold joke? <laughs> Might have been a Sam Darnold thing. Yeah, he's still got time. It's fine. But I've, no, got, I've mean... got a mock draft coming out this week, and I've got Fields going number two to Washington because yes. if Washington are picking at number two, which is I've just gone off the Vegas odds, if Washington are picking at two. Dwayne Haskins' experiment has failed. You replace one Ohio State graduate with another quarterback from the same university and try it all over again. Also one year as a starter as well. That was a, that was another guy I was implying. So. Oh, is that where it was? See, I'm just yeah. so obsessed with the Jets. Yeah. That's my own fact. <laughs> you got all right, me. player number two. Uh, next one, we're staying in the Big Ten, is Tanner Morgan from Minnesota. 
So he's probably going to feel it harder than the many, uh, mm-hmm. the most quarterbacks in particular, because he had a pretty good breakout campaign in 2019. So his stock was starting to rise. He was now in the discussions for, for round one and even working his way up to just behind Lawrence and Fields. Um, and, and, and rightly so. But I think now that he's probably not going to play this year, um, he is sort of cemented as, as probably a fourth, fifth best quarterback. Now, I still think he's going to go high, um, potentially falling into day two. Um, a, a, a team may decide to take the punt on him in the first round, as obviously there are a few quarterback needy teams yeah. and this quarterback um, class is, is deep. So, um, it's it's a real shame for him because I think he he could have he's got that good potential much potential that he could have probably pushed pushed those guys maybe not to the same level as Fields and, and Lawrence um, and another guy that we'll speak about in a bit but certainly within that conversation um, again it doesn't make sense for him to move for what for one year to a new program and to try and learn that and potentially something going drastically wrong I I think he declares for the draft and he okay. prepares for that. See, I was I was a little bit tempted to con- consider a transfer to the right place, only because he is someone that's in need of his his profile boosting. Um, mm. it, de- it depends, doesn't it? I mean, for me, Tanner Morgan at the minute is is most likely gonna be a day two, yeah, round three pick, maybe. Um, More maybe, than maybe, likely, maybe, yeah. maybe for a franchise that's got a quarterback that you know down the road they're not a hundred percent that they're staying there long term. They can they can pick somebody up there. I think you could probably look to look at him in the same sort of light as um, Stidham from um, New England. Mm-hmm. That sort of, uh, what was he, third round pick, second round pick? Give him a chance, sit behind someone for a year or two and, and help him develop that way. Especially now, it makes even more sense for someone to take that risk on him if they've got an established quarterback to, to put him behind him for a year and let him let him develop. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you. Well, let, let, let's, <laughs> uh, let's tell him to opt out then. Yeah. Next one, we will go for. Tell you what, we'll we'll finish the big. We've got a couple more big tens. We'll we'll go through those ones first. So the next one is probably another one that is a real obvious one, and that's Sean Wade from Ohio State. No Ohio State boy, got to opt out. There is no way that he will he will go back again because he was very close to declaring for the twenty twenty draft. On paper, he has made he made the right choice going back to Ohio. Um, Obviously. The, his his teammates around him, um, Arnett and um, Akuda, had gone. Now they made a great they made a great team together in that backfield. However, he was overshadowed at times, and he probably would have been a day two pick if he'd have declared in twenty twenty. Now, looking at, on the face of things, he's probably in the conversation for the top cornerback in this class in the twenty twenty one class. So, on paper, if all of this hadn't happened, he probably made the right choice having this extra year and building up his portfolio even more. He's going to declare much like Farley. Those two are probably neck and neck with, uh, with maybe one or two other guys as the, the top quarterback in the class. And they, and I feel he'll go the same route as Farley and, and that'll be it. Now he'll, he'll get ready for the 2021 class uh, draft. Yeah. In the, in the mock draft uh, that I did, it was, it was a difficult one to do because it's so soon and you don't know how players opting out are going to be, 
affected by the draft stock, but I, I ended up uh, with with Wade going third off the board as, in terms of a cornerback. And I remember looking, in, and I think I had mocked him in the early twenties, and thought I was surprised at how how low he'd fallen when I'd done that because I, I thought he was going to be a maybe a top fifteen pick, um, and I had him sort of in the in the back half of the first round. But as you said, no brainer, opt out. Yeah, definitely. So the last guy from the Big Ten um, is Jason Oweya from Penn State, the edge. Now, much like Morgan, and probably more so, I really feel for this guy. He is, uh, he came in uh, with a lot of potential, uh, quite a highly rated recruit. He sat as a part-time player behind um, Yati Gross Matos, um, obviously the guy who's just been drafted this year mm-hmm. for the last two years. And when he played, he's shown some immense upside. Um, and his, his play was re- re- very limited. He would have come into 2020 as the top dog on that defence. And have a good defence as well. They have a very good defence, yeah. And obviously, um, I haven't mentioned him in this, but um, Parsons is mm-hmm. another one who's, who's quite clearly going to declare. Um, but him and him and O'Hea together would have been would have been phenomenal. So this one I'm a bit iffy for. Does he risk declaring for the 2021 draft and hope that the, an NFL team will take a shot on his upside? Or does he go back to school, whether that be transferring or even sitting out for the year and coming back to Penn State for 2022 and building his tape? Because he's still got time. He's still young. but it, He's, only, he's really, only a sophomore, isn't he? Yeah. So, unlike some of the other prospects that we've seen, he has got time <laughs> to yeah. either transfer and establish himself somewhere else if he took that action or yeah. wait and see what Penn State do and turn up in 2021. Yeah, exactly. Out of most of the guys that I'm going to be speaking about and the ones I've already spoken about, out of everybody, he could, he's probably more like the most likely to transfer out of them. Um, but he's got a very big decision to make because, yes, he's got some good tape. However, it's very limited it's at limited snaps, obviously most of the time it's in end of game situations and, uh, and, and bits and pieces like that. So he would really be backing himself for an NFL team to take him next year mm-hmm. in the draft if he decided to go for that. And if he does, he could be one of those players that you see drafted maybe mid rounds and then sits on the, the back end so. of a roster and, yeah. you know, emerges in one or two years. But like we said, because he's so young, he does have the benefit of time. He doesn't necessarily have to transfer. He could just sit it out and wait and see what happens at, at, at Penn State in 2021. Um, but he, he could be somebody that benefits. Anyone in the Pac-12? Yeah, there's a few guys in the Pac-12. Um, so the first one I've picked out is a quarterback. It's uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson from UCLA. We had a good chat about now, him last week with with Stocks on the, on the watchback. Yes, so he's... I mean, he had the potential to be in the top 10 of the quarterbacks coming into 2021 if he decided to declare for that, for the draft. He is probably the most athletic out of the quarterbacks in the class. Uh, There's a couple of guys who are up there with him, but he's ridiculous, ridiculously athletic. And he's got some very, very high potential. However, he has some flaws. Um, that oh, we need saw to be that worked on. Yeah. Decision making, his his allowing the route to develop before he makes a decision, and that decision is then usually to run. Um, 
he is if he is to if he was to go into next year without any more tape or get underneath him, he is a raw quarterback that an NFL team would look at and have to invest some time into. He's not ready for the NFL. It's a tough one for quarterbacks to transfer. Um, I mean, he's he. I can't. Is he a sophomore or is he a senior? I now? think he, I think he's going into his junior year this I year. I think he, yeah, yeah. So he. I mean, again, it's it's it is late on in his his college career, but he could make that decision to transfer. Um, I'll I'll touch on it at the end of this and in my thoughts on on the transfers um, in the NCAA, but. Yeah, I, I'm really not sure. He shouldn't declare. That's that's one thing I'll say. I agree. He, I agree. He definitely should not go in this year. If I was him, I would transfer. Uh, yeah, I think he he's probably the prime candidate to transfer um, to to a team that that was looking for even a, a, a someone to compete with their current quarterback. Yeah, he has the ability to to become anyone's starter. He just needs to continue development, and he will not do that if he decides to declare for this draft and he'll probably he could potentially just be there as a gadget backup player for his whole career if he decided if anything if he decided to go in this next year yeah yeah, I I I can't off the top of my head think of of a program where he would be wise transferring to um trying to think Mm, of quarterback needy needy programs I wonder how Wake Forest are looking without Jamie Newman maybe um yeah I don't know, uh, but for me, for somebody like that who has so much still to prove, if I was him, I'd transfer. Definitely, yeah. He's got to find the right fit as well, though, because just the type of player that he is, um, he, he is very, very reliant on his on his um, running ability. But the next one that we will go over to is uh, we're moving over to Stanford. That's Paulson Adebo, the cornerback. Now, I thought he was going to go into um, the 2020 draft. Mm-hmm. I believe I do believe he made the right decision going back to school because before 2019 he was first round project, projection for 2020. He was in that conversation as one of the top cornerbacks up there with Vakuda. But he had a very up and down 2019, and he decided to go back to Stanford for one more year again, build on his tape, get rid of those mistakes. His technique in particular is one that lets him down as well as his overall strength. So he is strong in the tackle just his overall strength in particular at the line. Um, and as I say, his technique can, can let him down sometimes. So he made the right decision, unfortunately, because the Pac-12 was cancelled, it's backfired, much like um, some other guys that we've spoken about. Mm-hmm. I think now he won't transfer. Um, he will he will declare for the draft now and, and concentrate on that. But I feel it's now too late for him to get any higher than a day two unless someone has really liked what they've seen from him in the past. Okay. 2019 was, was incredibly, incredibly up and down for him. Um, it depends on, it depends on um, if a team takes that one season solely into account, or if they look at his, his whole career at college and, and obviously weigh up the positives with the negatives. He is a very good cornerback, and I do think he can make it at the next level. He just has a lot of work to do to be able to do that. Um, it's an easy one for me. It's it's an opt out for me, without a doubt. I have got him sneaking into the the back end of the first round. Uh, however, at the end of the mock draft, I have written a list of players that I've got falling into day two in that mock who I would assign a first round 
grade two. So it may be that somebody like Adebo falls out uh, as a result of that. Uh, doing a mock draft at this time of year is tough without without seeing any football whatsoever for, for the current season. It's so yeah. tough. Um, there's one more guy I wanted to talk about before we finish, and that is the best non-QB in the entire draft class. Possibly the best left tackle in years. Um, and that's Penny Sewell at Oregon. Yes. Transfer or opt-out? Or Is that a silly question? It's, yeah, he's, he's, there's no way that he's going to transfer. He'll, he'll opt-out. He's... he's... It would take a significant change in the landscape for him not to be the top tackle taken. If, to be honest, he could probably be pushing Lawrence for the, the number one pick. I would be surprised, depending on who is sat there at number two, if he is still on the board when it when it gets to the, the third overall pick. He yeah. is a beast, an incredible tackle. I think somebody's going to f- end up at the third or fourth pick in the draft and end up with the best player in the draft there. Uh, 100%. For, for me, Jacksonville are going to get Trevor Lawrence at one. I think number two is Justin Fields. Whoever is there, they're either going to trade up or they're going to sit there and, and get him at number two. And then whoever's got third pick in that draft for me, whoever you are, whoever your left tackle is, they're taking Penny Sewell. Yeah, he is. He's, he's the best player in that, in that draft class overall. Now, currently... As I said, based on Vegas odds, that is the Cincinnati Bengals. So, okay, pairing up, you know, a, a, a quarterback in Joe Burrow, and then a year later finding him a left tackle. Like I said, I don't care who's on your offensive line, who your current left tackle is. You're drafting this guy. No, well, they took um, they took a tackle early the year before, didn't they? Um, he, he was out for was it this year? No, yeah, sorry, the, the last Jonah year. Jonah Williams. Um, Yes, that's it, and they lost him for the year, so they can easily mm-hmm. they could, that that would be a good pairing to have those two as the tackles. Yeah, yeah shift I mean, him out, shift him out to the right, and you saw it for you saw yeah, it for exactly. the next ten years, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, no, that's a good shout. Good shout. So we've got one more guy to cover in the Pac-12. Um, I'm moving. Well, I'm staying you know, on the defensive side of things. We're moving over to Washington. Now uh, you'll have to bear with me because I'm not the best with names, uh, but Levi Onwu Zurich. I hope that's how you say it. That sounds all right to me. Yeah, we'll take it. Defensive line from Washington. So this one is an interesting one. I probably would lean towards him transferring um, because he has shown probably top 15 talent. But he is incredibly, he's he's an incredibly raw prospect he needs that extra year to continue to develop his game and become more consistent because at times he has, he has shown lights out ability, but other times he has gone missing and leaving the fans and coaches wanting more. The sort of thing that you expect from one of those raw talents, basically. It's really going to be a kicker that he can't play this year. I think just based that, purely he's, on... He's in his senior year as well. Yeah, so... He, he makes that decision. Does he does he sit and opt out and take that risk? And I think if he does, he could be taken on raw talent alone and still probably be taken day two. Uh, now, I think it will probably be a, a brave team to do that because his technique, it does need some work. Um, 
or does he transfer, get a bit more under his tape and, and try and establish himself as one of the top top in, uh, the linesmen, uh, interior linemen as well? Difficult one. Um, I think because he's a senior, it, I think any of these guys going into their senior year, it's, it's going to be a... It's, it's probably unlikely that they're going to want to transfer, as you said earlier. Yeah, it, um, adds, it adds another layer of difficulty to the to the whole situation for them, doesn't it? Learning the playbook, learning your teammates, learning just the hot the scheme as general, and then do you want to do that? Of, yeah, exactly. as a senior, no. do you want to do that no, for, pro- probably, for eight games, don't. ten games? No, you probably don't. So he, he he has to prepare for the draft now. Hope that what people see on the tape of of his of his upside and his and his talent wins out and someone takes that that should leap on him and they will um, there's no doubt about it that he will be drafted barring any major major setbacks or or if he does anything wrong outside of football but this he could have really used this year to to fully establish himself as one of the top interior linemen I'm rubbish with defensive line because I, I always give particularly defensive tackles I don't give them enough credit I always have them being drafted later than they should. And I don't know whether it's from years of playing Madden where all all of your production came from your edge rusher and defensive tackles were just the big lads trying to cause a nuisance. Um, I, I never give defensive tackles enough respect. So he's not in my first round mock. Um, I might have him sneaking in on day two. We'll, we'll, we'll see where he lands. Um <laughs> Ash, in your absence, things things didn't quite crumble, but but didn't necessarily go to plan. Stocks talked about fantasy football far too much, and so we're we're allowed now one free disruption of his podcast uh, in the future, okay. and we will be using that. And I know he'll be listening to this. Stocks, we will be disrupting the pod in the future. Um, oh, another thing that I forgot to do, mate, is I forgot to do a watch along for this week. So apologies to, to you, the listener, and apologies to you, Ash, for, for not arranging that. Um, but what I've got a, a great historic game for you for next week. We're going to rewatch the Iron Bowl, which is the historic game between Auburn and Alabama, which always takes place on Thanksgiving weekend. This year, I say this year, last year, it pitted the 9-3 and three Auburn Tigers against the 10-2 and two Bama Crimson Tide. As I've said, it's one of the most famous rivalries, not just in the SEC, but in the entire college game. The match was first played in the 1890s. The two teams have met on 84 occasions. At the minute, Bama leads 46-37 with just one tie. The most famous in recent memory, and I think everyone's seen this, Ash, is the kick six in 2013, where a 57-yard field goal with one second left on the clock, which would have given the Crimson Tide a three-point win, was returned by Chris Davis for a 109-yard touchdown. Possibly the most memorable college game in recent years, possibly in the entirety of the SEC's history. Yeah, I mean, you still see it now in highlight reels and um, adverts and stuff like that for the for the for the um, SEC and NCAA. It was uh, one of those moments, much like um, oh, why can I never remember his name? The Bears um, returner who did it. Oh, I, do you know what I thought you were going to say? Because my comparison was that the the kick six is college football's butt fumble. It's the play that everybody <laughs> remembers. Even though they didn't watch the game live, everyone has, has seen it. Uh, yeah, I can't remember who I'm thinking of now. 
That's going to annoy me. But it's all right. It's the Bears. Nobody yeah. cares about the Bears. Nah, yeah. I've got, I've got, I've got <laughs> a friend. Well, a Bears fan. I've got a friend called Ian who's a Bears fan, and he's convinced himself that um, I hate the Chicago Bears. So I may as well. If he's if he's going to think that I do it, I may as well. You may as well, yeah. Okay, so we lost one tradition last week, um, which was the watch along. We have another one returning for this week, and that's the Lonely Hearts Club. I was missing it last week, Ash. This week, TCU, Arizona State. Let's get into it. Indeed, yes. TCU versus Arizona State. I missed it as well, actually. I had it all there set up ready. I thought, it's going to be a good one. I reckon this might be a bit of a tough tough decision for him to make. But no. Illness got in the way, and we had to sack it off for the week. So I can only apologise to the listeners for that, and to you as well, Tom. I know you're... You really wanted to find your team and a week delay is just, no I, good. So I just need an excuse to spend money on some jerseys. That's all it is. Exactly, yeah. No, I know. Uh, to be honest, uh, some of these ones look very good as well. If, if <laughs> I tended to buy them myself, but I couldn't, I couldn't betray Ohio like that. Anyway, we will crack on first with TCU. So the TCU Horned Frogs, um, also known as the Texas Christian University. So the university itself, was founded in 1896. They currently reside in Fort Worth, Texas. But I'm going to pull up one of the little facts straight off the bat for this one because it ties into the, to the um, location. They've actually moved three times in their history. So the brothers that um, established them, um, they were originally from Fort Worth. However, they set up TCU in um, Fort Spring, Texas before moving to Waco, Texas. Mm-hmm. And now in Waco, as most, as some of our fans will know, and, and, and Tom, you may know, that is where Baylor uh, are also based. And this is where quite a fierce rivalry was established between the two, obviously being cross-city teams. Um, but in 1910, the campus at Waco, um, actually there was a fire. So they decided to move back to their hometown of Fort Worth, and they've been there ever since. Can we can we now start a conspiracy theory that it was a, a Baylor Bears fan that started? I mean, to be fair, yeah, it's not it's not about it's not outside the realms of possibility. Well, they poison trees in Alabama, so true, very true. So the TCU are part of the Big Twelve, uh, Division One conference, and obviously, as we stand at the moment, they have a season. So there's that bonus. Um, they are coached by Gary Patterson who is entering his 20th season in charge of TCU. Gary Patterson, quite... Gary Patterson sounds like he's the sort of fella to come and just do all the jobs around your house, unblock the drain, <laughs> fix any leaks. Doesn't sound like a 20-year coach in college football. No, I found it really surprising that, that he... I, I wasn't expecting that, to be honest. I know he'd been there for quite a while, but I didn't realise it was 20 seasons. So I'm also learning stuff about all these teams, which is a, is a benefit for me. So they run a variety of offences, uh, but they do focus primarily on the rush, so much so that in 2019, 62% of their offence was based around rushing. So there's that. Mm-hmm. If you like rushing offences, then these guys are, are for you. Team colours, and I'm sure you've looked at the merch already. Oh, but they you know wear, it. You know <laughs> it. They wear purple and white. <sighs> I don't know how I feel about purple, so I'll leave that for you to decide. And, but um, we'll get we'll 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 discuss the uh, the merch once we've gone over Arizona as well. Yeah. In terms of titles, so they've won two national titles, 
1935 and 1938. <laughs> they did win a Rose Bowl in 2010. Okay, so, well, that's a bit more. That's a yeah, bit more recent. Had, they've had some recent success. Um, in terms of conference championships, they've won 18 conference championships in six different conferences. So they've got around 18. Yeah, they should be called the yeah. Texas Globetrotters. <laughs> yeah, right. Their most recent one was in 2014, so obviously not that long ago, and that was their first of the Big 12. Now, we've discussed one of their rivalries, which was obviously Baylor. That's probably their fiercest and most long-standing. But they do also have rivalries against the Texas Longhorns, um, Texas Tech, and also SMU. So a few in-conference rivalries, um, but none, none more so than Baylor. So we discussed it on the last one, so I'm going to keep it as a recurring recurring theme. Heisman Trophy winners, how many do you reckon they've had? Less than one. One. They've had one. If you'd have set the if you'd have set the over under at point five, I'd have taken the under there. (laughs) So they've had one. His name was Davy O'Brien in 1938. Go on, Davy. Yeah, so they have had one, which, um, again, I wasn't expecting. Actually, that's a lie. I was expecting one, um, but it wasn't him who I was expecting. So, would you like former and current NFL players first, or would you like their 2020 draft class? I'm sure you probably know most of their draft class anyway, however. which Well, there was one guy in the lead-up to 2020 that, that I fell in love with. You know when you watch YouTube highlights... And it just tells you more about a player than than is actually there. So I kept a very close eye on Seo Alonid Lua last year, who yeah. went drafted and ended up going to the Cowboys. Uh, I think he's been drafted as a fullback rather than a rather than a running back because he's a he's a big guy. Um, let's go, let's go historic players first. So historic I've, I've mashed them together but historic and active so probably the most the, this was the guy I was surprised about I didn't realise he didn't win the Heisman and that's Ladanian Tomlinson I yeah, thought he won course. the Heisman to be honest with you so yes he's a former TCU you've also got Andy Dalton Josh Doxon uh, Marcus Cannon the tackle from New England uh, Jason Verratt cornerback and last year's draft um, pick LJ Collier who's at the Seahawks You've got so you've got, got the makings of a of a seven and nine NFL <laughs> franchise. There yeah, you do, don't with, you? With Dalton I mean, under centre. Yeah, but yeah, I mean Tom Tomlinson would carry would carry that definitely. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah, so I was quite surprised to see that he wasn't a Heisman Trophy winner because obviously that, that was a bit before my time. I've had a look. I've had a look at Heisman trophies, but but not quite that far back. So yeah, that one took me by surprise. In terms of their 2020 draft class, obviously probably the two, the two biggest ones um, was Jaden Regal, first round mm-hmm. to the Eagles, and Jeff Gladley, first round to the Vikings. Mm-hmm. But they also have Ross Blacklock, uh, defensive tackle, went second round to the Texans. Obviously, we know that the Texans like drafting tackles high. Hopefully, the defensive tackles that is. Hopefully, this one works out for them. Um, and it, he did look very good in college, and I think he does have the makings to be a very good uh, defensive tackle. So. They, they, they might have got themselves a bargain there because he was um, he was on the cusp of being a first round pick. So current players, um, probably the, the biggest one, um, which is which is quite funny considering he's a new recruit, is Zachary Evans, running back. So this is the first five star recruit 
that Gary Patterson has been able to bring into TCU. Oh, he's wow. been there for 20 seasons. <laughs> well, you know, he's, they do say you've got to work hard to get what you want. He's had to well, wait his been, time for that. Yeah, he's been renowned for bringing in sort of two, three, four-star players and elevating them to the next level. Now he's got a guy who has already should already be at that level and now needs to maintain that and obviously keep him grounded. Because Zachary Evans, again, much like we spoke about um, Uwe earlier, he is he does look he does look very good. I'm intrigued to see what he can do this year, um, even in obviously the, the limited season that we'll see. Uh, but they've also got a very good safety um, in Trevon Mayrig. Um, again, he's he's up there in discussion as a top safety um, in college at the moment. Uh, they've also got Garrett Wallow, linebacker, um, and Austin Myers, the offensive tackle. And they've also got another defensive tackle, much in the same way as Ross Blacklock in Corey Beffley, um, who potentially will be coming up this year. Uh, but he's he's also getting some 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 good ratings um, based on based on previous. So that's the sort of the the main guys of their of their current squad. Um, a bit about obviously their their previous players. And of course, we've already done one of the fun facts, but I thought I'd add a, an extra one in there for you. No, I love a Again, fun fact. This one is just is, is ridiculous, to be honest with you. So TCU have a vehicle type contraption contraption called the Horned Frog. It weighs three thousand pounds. <laughs> it looks like one of those proper old school drag hot rods, if you know what I mean. Yeah. However, it weighs three thousand pounds, and it lets out a deafening train whistle that produces up to a hundred decibels at the start of the game and at touchdowns on touchdowns. And you get a little thing on the ticket, a warning that if you sit near it, they recommend that you wear earplugs. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and, I, and the, the the sole purpose of that three thousand pound machine is to make noise. Yeah, well, it, it was originally made as a a, a prank, basically. Um, a couple of, uh, I believe it was former college students, sort of created this contraption to almost sort of annoy fans and, and players alike. And it just stuck from there. They've, they've had it ever since. Google it, it's ridiculous when you get a chance to. They're just You just look at it and you go, what on earth is that? I would hate to be sat I'll, near it. You know I love little trinkets of information like that. That's brilliant. I find that I find that really fascinating. It was brilliant. But yeah, so that's that's my roundup of uh, of TCU. So any questions on them before we move on to Arizona, or do you want me to jump straight into Arizona and then we'll No, let's let's go straight to Arizona and then we'll we'll we'll, we'll make a decision. Sounds good. Right. So we've got the Arizona State Sun Devils. They are, of course, out of Arizona State, the university that was founded in eighteen eighty five. Um, and they are, uh, they're based in Temp, Arizona. Another Pac-12 team, sorry, a Pac-12 team. I was supposed to speak about Pac-12 earlier. Um, so, unfortunately, at the moment, their season is cancelled. But they're based in the South Division of the Pac-12. They're currently coached by Herm Edwards, who's in his third season with them and runs a spread offence. Their team colours, I do like them, are maroon and gold. I always like anything yeah. that's got... But the pattern as well on the yeah on the, the pattern sleeve yeah and that's it yeah. yeah 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 I, 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 anything that's got gold in it I'm a, I'm a big fan of to be honest with you they have two national titles also however theirs are from 1970 and 1975 so again it's been a while but not quite as long as TCU 
uh, but they don't have they don't have anything recent in terms of Rose Bowls and stuff like that. They have 17 conference titles, only in the three conferences this time, not like the six from TCU. Um, and their last win in the comp- their last conference title was in 2007 when it was the Pac-10. So it has been a few years since they've won the conference. Um, their rivalries, uh, they've only got one major rivalry, and that is Arizona, as you can probably imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Arizona State, how many Heisman Trophy winners do you think they have? TCU had one. See, now, now I'm... Mm, I initially thought neither team would have a single Heisman Trophy winner. I'm going to stay, I'm double thinking it now, but I'm going to stick yeah. with my original thought, which is zero. You're going to stick with zero for Arizona. You are correct. They yes. have not had a Heisman Trophy winner. See, you tried to get me with your mind games. It didn't <laughs> work. I, it didn't I might work. have done. I might have done. <laughs> so in terms of the 2020 drafted players, um, there was two. Uh, one of them in the first round, um, that was Brandon Ayake, mm-hmm. who went to the 49ers wide receiver. And rather surprisingly, I, I would say, um, was Eno Benjamin, the running back. I did back. not expect him to, to go as long he as went he did. In, yeah, seventh round to the Arizona Cardinals. So, I mean, he's probably glad that he's staying in Arizona, but I I, I, know, I knew he was going to drop um, just because obviously last year wasn't as good for him. But I was very shocked to see him go in the seventh round. I was expecting a fourth, fifth, maybe. Me too. Not a seventh. Uh, looking at some of the guys that went ahead of him, I had yeah. Eno Benjamin going in the fourth and Anthony McFarlane going in the fifth, just yeah. based on what we've seen at college and what we can, what we know we're going to get from them in the NFL. I was really surprised to see him fall as far as he did. At one point early in sort of um, just before the 2019 season started, I had Benjamin as a third as a third round. Um, by the time I did my, my latest mock before the draft, he, he dropped a bit. That was still only into the um, late fourth. So, yeah, very, very surprised to see that. Um, in terms of NFL players, so active and former, um, obviously you've got Nikhil Harry the wide receiver from New England Patriots obviously hasn't managed to get off the ground yet because of various injuries. Hopefully he can take the next step. Uh, Caleb Balage, running back from Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Um, Zane Gonzalez, the kicker currently at the Browns. Demarius Randell, um, the cornerback. I want to say he's at the Browns again, or he might have moved now, actually. Has he gone to Green Bay or is he, did he come from Green Bay? Oh, you're anyway, asking the yeah, wrong so person here. I am. Yeah, I know. I'm talking. I'm talking out loud. <laughs> I'm sure all of the listeners will be kicking they'll off. Be, at me yeah, they'll be screaming here. at us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you also had Brock Osweiler, quarterback. Um, big name Terrell Suggs is from Arizona State. Obviously, it was a big fanfare when he when he went over to the Arizona Cardinals. Although it obviously didn't last very long, mm-hmm. he, uh, he he went home. Uh, the the bad man of the NFL, Vontez Perfect, came from Arizona oh, State. Boo. Yeah. And then, last but by no means least, the obviously the late great Pat Tillman uh, was also a, an Arizona State alumni. So there's a bit of a, a bit of history there for, for you on that one. Um, current players, so probably the main guy um, here is their quarterback Jaden Daniels, um, who he has got some some decent talent. He's got a few bits to work on. It is a shame that this season's been cancelled um, because he does have the makings of a good quarterback, but he certainly has some it's to improve on. Um, you've also got another um, sort of top contender for for defensive back, and that is Azari Croswell. Um, this year seems to be stacked with DBs, much like last year, if not more so. I wouldn't say 
in my opinion, I'm going sort of general now, but I wouldn't say there's someone as good as Akuda in this in the 2021 draft class. However, there's probably more overall cornerbacks yeah. within yeah. this class. Um, then you have also got uh, Frank Darby, wide receiver, who's shown some some decent things, and obviously they have had a track record of um, some some good some good wide receivers in recent years. So it looks like they might be keeping up that tradition. And then uh, the last one is on the defensive line, and that is Jermaine Long, um, who is another um, a good prospect. Fun fact time. I've got two on two for this one. So the first one. Sun Devil Stadium is the only stadium located between two mountains. Love it. Yeah, I found that it was that that, that one was a bit like. I imagine Arizona to just be one flat desert of land. With yeah, you do with um, with Cliff Kingsbury's house taking up half of it. Yeah, but apparently yeah. it's got mountains. Who knew? It's got mountains, and it's the only stadium in the college game that's between two mountains. So, <laughs> gotta gotta help if a wind comes through. I oh, know, right? I actually just realised I've got three fun facts for the for the Sun Devils, so I'm not trying to like I'm not trying to sway you, you anything, but I just I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't leave any of them out. So the next one is: Do you want food or mascot? Oh, food! Always food. Food. All right, cool. Always food. So the Sun Devils Stadium, we're back at the stadium in between the mountains again, has banned portillas. Okay. And the and the reason that they have banned they've been is, using them as weapons or something. They ban- the ban originated after students started a, t- a tradition of throwing them onto the field in support of offensive tackle <laughs> Juan Roke, Roker in 19- 1996. The tradition continued for 13 years before ASU officials made the ban. <laughs> so for 13 years, the fans are just chucking tortillas onto the field. Can you imagine two freshmen in 2008 going, why do we do this again? Yeah, what is happening? Why, what's going on? So yeah, there's and then the the last one um, is about their mascot, Sparky the Sun Devil. So before they decided on Sparky in 1951, they'd actually gone through three other mascots: um, a dog, uh, and uh, two other ones I can't remember. But they weren't that relevant. However, the way they got they made the decision on Sparky on Sparky was actually Walt Disney in 1951 made the concept. And they, they decided that they liked it. They brought it to life and he's been the mascot ever since. Wow. Sparky the Sun Devil. Walt yeah. Disney, of all people. Walt Disney made, made the, uh, made the Sun is, Devil That's a claim to mascot. fame. I know. So, yeah, there we go. That is, the two, that is the two teams for this week. Okay. What are your thoughts? Well, it's a lot closer than LSU Texas was because obviously I'd, I'd, I'd made my mind up there. When it comes to the nicknames, it's it's a it's a dead heat. It's a draw. I mean, only in American sports can you get the Horned Frogs versus the Sun Devils on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Um, so two great nicknames. I agree with you in terms of the jersey design. To be honest, the 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 purple and white for TCU, I much prefer to the purple and black. I'm not feeling those two darker colours. Side by side, yeah, don't really, don't really work them out. For Whereas the Arizona State, the the sort of the almost Aztec sort of vibe on the on the collar and on the on the sleeves, um, really like that. Um, mm. So it's a tick in the win column when it comes to jerseys for Arizona State. In terms of the conference that they play in, I probably would prefer to to watch a Big Twelve team. Um, mm-hmm. And also with 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 TCU 
being sort of the underdog in the state of Texas. Uh, it sort of satisfies my, my inner underdog. Obviously, TCU have had a Heisman winner, but it was during the New Deal, so it doesn't really count for me. Uh, TCU has slight edge in terms of current players in the NFL. That's only because I really don't like Vontez Burfacit. Um Oh, it's tough. I would love to have an all Texas showdown in the next round, but I'm going to take I'm going to take my Arizona State Sun Devils into the into the last sixteen. Soon, yeah, good. Yeah, I mean to be fair, when I was doing the research, looking at the sort of the former players, a bit about the teams, I prefer the kit as well. That I was leaning towards them, um, and the fact that they. Banned tortillas in the stadium. I found that was it brilliant. for me. That was the clincher. This, to be to be honest with you, the fun facts have been my favourite bit so far. I think I haven't found a bad one yet. I did struggle a little bit to begin with with TCU. It wasn't as clear um, their traditions and stuff like that. And then I seen that thing about the Billy Beer Corn. I was yeah. like, yeah, gotta be that. I mean, when, when, when yeah, a college that tries to police the crisps that you can and can't take in. <laughs> that, that's that's my sort of that's my sort of college. No, it's not the crisps. It's the it's the the proper like tortillas. You know the oh the, the wraps. Big... Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, I thought yeah. they're tortilla chips. No, that's no. even more bizarre. Because I mean, yeah, I, I can imagine people sat eating, you know, like tortilla chips with with some salsa or something. But I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be wraps. Yeah, oh, do you know what? Wraps. No more questions, Your Honor. Let's just put them through. No more questions. <laughs> go for it. Let's, there we go. Uh, the Sun Devils are the winners. We asked for some listeners' questions over on Twitter today. We're going to try and get through these uh, quite quickly, but also give every single one um, an equal amount of coverage. Um, I'll cover the first one, Ash, which is from you our mate want, Pitsy. Over you at want to know, uh, Five Yard Rush. What are going to do next week? Oh, yeah. Yeah, come on. Oh, go on then. You've got to tell you what we're going to do next week. Go on. So I thought we're going to go for another big gun next week. We're going to do the Georgia Bulldogs versus the Iowa Hawkeyes. Oh, so now brace yourself for that one. Do you know what? I've ruined I've ruined the segue from one segment to the other because we have got an Iowa Hawkeyes fan from Hawkeyes UK who'd sent us a, a question before. That would have been the perfect segue. Oh, that was one of the reasons why I picked it. <laughs> uh, sorry, Ash. I've come to ruin, come to ruin it again. So we've got the Bulldogs and and also. Um, one of our listeners or someone who's contributed on Twitter as well, Jonathan, he's a big Georgia Bulldogs fan. So we've got some some listeners that support both teams there. Um, first question comes from Pitsy, our mate at Five Yard Rush. I'll do this one, Ash, because it's a nice, easy one for me. If it came down to picking between two teams, would the merch win or the hype slash entrance of the team win you over? Now, I, like anyone, love a good hype song. To, to watch before you're coming into coming into the game. If I was if I was a sort of a fan that was going to go and watch the games, then it might have more of an impact. But because I'm sat there watching it on the telly, and you know hype songs can often get interrupted by ad breaks. Plus, Ash, you know how I feel about the merch. It is all about the merchandise. <laughs> You've got to look good. You've got to 100%. look good. In the gym. I, I agree with you. So, Pixie, definitely the merch for me. Uh, there's one here from another uh, writer over at Five Yard Rush, Rob Cowsill. Ash, you can deal with this one because it's much tougher than the question I had to deal with. And that is, we've heard the COVID response from many divisions 
But what has been the response from independent teams who aren't in a division, e.g. Notre Dame and BYU? How are they dealing with this season? So there were going to be seven independent teams heading into the season. Um, obviously, the biggest, Notre Dame. Um, it's, it's sort of quite well known now um, that they will be playing in the ACC uh, conference next year. So they'll have a 10-game conference within the ACC against other teams uh, but they've also been granted one non-conference game as long as it's in-state so that's not been announced who that will be yet however at the moment based on the 2020 season they have a full calendar obviously not a full calendar based on normal season but minimal disruption for them on their schedule EYU on the other hand are in a bit more of a predicament they've not quite had if you'd say the support that Notre Dame have been given within the ACC conference. So they are still independent and they are currently, they have four games lined up for 2020. They've had a lot cancelled already. However, the owner has come out and said that they are continuing to look for games within 2020. So you really do feel for, um, you feel for independent programs at this stage, don't you? Because, it's, yeah, going to be, it's going to be so tough because even if you do get any semblance of a season, it, it's going to be a skeleton schedule. 100%, yeah. So Army are in a similar situation to BYU. They've currently got six games after teams have continued to cancel their season, obviously reducing their games week by week. They are still hopeful that the, uh, the Army-Navy game can go ahead in December. Um, although the Patriots League has been cancelled, has been postponed, that that game is still planning to go ahead, which is obviously nice to see. That's always a big game. You've also got Liberty University, who are still scheduled to play nine games at the moment. Obviously, they are still an independent program, so the, the fact that they can play nine still is a bonus. A lot of those revolve around um, the SEC and the Big Twelve, so that's why they're obviously still in a position that they are. And then the uh, the three other um, independent conferences, uh, independent schools are New Mexico State University, UConn, which is the University of um, Connecticut, and UMass, which is the University of Massachusetts. Sorry, I really can't say that one. All three of those have decided to either postpone or cancel their season, um, and they've been made sort of all around the sort of first week of August when the whole Big Ten and Pac-12 news came out. So. Four out of the seven are still having some form of a season as we stand right now. But it, uh, obviously, as we say, it could all change. I think BYU is in the worst position, unfortunately. They're trying, but they're just really not getting anywhere in terms of in terms of games, unfortunately. It seems um, four out of seven better situation than, than I expected. It's obviously something that's ongoing and it's going to change. Notre Dame were always going to be the, the, the independent programme that fared best because of... They, they, in a sense, have the best of both worlds with their affiliation with the ACC. So we, we maybe expect them to, to be better off than other programmes. So we'll, we will see. We will wait and see. Things are, things are very much up in the air for independent schools. Uh, at Nick of Wigan asks us, outside of the obvious, and he says that the obvious are LSU, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State and the Oklahoma teams. Which team do you see making the next step and potentially regaining former glory or winning a ship within the next five years or so. I'm surprised that Nick wants to talk about former glory, considering what's happening with Wigan, but we'll, uh, 
we'll leave we'll leave the Wigan jokes <laughs> to this Bolton Wanderers fan over here. If that's yeah, go right. on. Yeah, I'll leave that with you. No, I'm far too down south to to get involved in that. You know, in all seriousness, what what's happened at any football club and something like that is terrible. Slightly funny when it's Wigan who laughed at Bolton <laughs> when it was happening to us, but I'm a bigger man. I won't mention it, although I already have. It's a little bit of a Donald Trump tactic there. I say I'm not going to exactly. laugh at it whilst laughing at it. Yeah, what's happened at Wigan's been awful. Talking of former glories, um, Texas, maybe? Yeah, um, Texas are uh, an outside chance. I think you're looking, I'm going to cheat a little bit just because he didn't mention them, but Georgia, um, obviously Georgia Bulldogs. I think Florida are probably in with a good shout. Um, And Penn State, um, wait, no, they can't be. (laughs) Can't be Penn State anymore, they're cancelled. Um, but yeah, he, I mean, he does. He does give you five years. You've got yeah, five that's years. True, to actually, yeah. Your... So yeah, I mean, Penn State have got a lot of good talent. Um, that they they always get. They always have good talent. It just unfortunately they never have it at the right time. Um, I think Ohio and probably even Michigan are going to lock that that Big Ten up for the next five or so years. Um, I'm hoping it's all it's all Ohio, but I'm not. I'm not in. I'm not in denial. It's, there's going to be a lot of competition there, but. I would say Florida or Georgia. Um, Georgia in particular, they've had a few barren years, unfortunately, when having to sort of live in the shadow of um, Alabama and, and Clemson and, and that sort of thing. I, they, they've done some good recruitment. They've got some good coaching. Um, they've got some good established players who have still got a couple of years left. I think they're probably the most likely out of the ones that he hasn't mentioned, at least anyway. I um, When you're talking about those teams running through, obviously Georgia and Florida Florida are in a situation where they're in the SEC and it's sort of famously tough to come out on top. You mentioned Penn State. I'm currently reading Fourth and Long where it goes through how Penn State, uh, the players and staff under Bill O'Brien reacted in the aftermath of the Sandusky Um I was going to say trial, but it, but it wasn't quite a trial, was it? The, the Sandusky revelations, I should say. Um, and they're on sort of this long path to, to, to former glories as well. Um, obviously, Sam Ellinger says Texas are back. I'm not sure how I feel about that. And obviously, with it being a, a Big 12 team, there's an extra um, river to cross in that sense in terms of getting to the to the top of college football. Next one, staying in Texas. Hawkeyes UK asks, how do you see Texas A&M's season panning out? Jimbo is under quite a bit of pressure. He's, of course, talking about Jimbo Fisher in yeah. his third year, I believe, at Texas A&M. Uh, what do we think? What, what does the year look so, like for them? If you'd have asked me two or three months ago, I would have said they probably would have been on the struggling end of it, purely because they had Clemson and Georgia in the regular season to contend with. However, they've been given a bit of a leeway. Um, replaced Clemson and Georgia have been replaced with Colorado and Vanderbilt. Um, so their their schedule is much less stressful than it was. Um, I think they've now they've got one of the more experienced rosters um, in the game at the moment. Uh, senior quarterback, uh, top rusher, um, decent and established starting lineman. I mean, and. Uh, Good tackles. They've always had good defense, and and this year is is no exception. I, I generally think they will do well this year um, with this new schedule. I can easily see them getting nine and one, even a ten and zero record. I think that's where it will end, though. If we get the playoffs, 
and they, they do they make it in there they will not they won't get any further they're not quite they're not quite at that level to be able to do that yet um and they're, unfortunately they're probably quite close to losing a big bulk of their team so this would probably be the last year for them to have a real shot at it they're just not at that alabama clemson level anywhere near it no. but i think i think what's been going on in the world has in one way probably helped fisher um just even just on the schedule side of things he'll have that as long as he can hit that nine and one ten and oh he's probably going to get another year of grace i think the sec west is the toughest place to be um and no lsu aren't going to be the same animal in 2020 that they were in 2019 but you've also of course you've got bama and auburn as well for me texas a&m the fourth best in that in that division um i do expect them to finish ahead of arkansas mississippi state and all miss but not much better than that and also i don't know how you feel but I'm not sold on Kellen Mond as a quarterback either. No, I'm not. No, no. I, we've I got the they can do. We've got one more question, and it's from okay. Sam Cook over on Twitter. He says, "What's the easiest way for UK fans to either get into college ball or watch it?" Similarly to Tom, I don't have a team, but I've seen such little of games as well. Where is it available weekly? Well, Sam. It's available weekly right here on the Five Yard College podcast where we're doing a watch back every week from games from 2019, looking at highlights of some of the best games. If you want to be watch games back and you want it for free, head over to YouTube because you will often find highlight packages or full games over there for nothing. If you want to be watching live, you're either going to have to get yourself a BT Sport subscription because you'll often find some of the bigger games over there on BT Sport 2 and 3. If you commit to a team and you want to watch a team every week, you're going to have to subscribe to ESPN Player online, which can get quite expensive. I think we're looking at sort of between £150 and £200 a year for the for the subscription, mm-hmm. but you are able to get to get a comprehensive access to, to college games. Yeah, I think um, just just from a sort of a, a beginner level, shall we say, um, if you've got BT Sport, BT Sport ESPN is included with that. That has the uh, college game day, um, obviously before the live games that they show. That That's a brilliant watch. If you've not watched it before, I'd highly recommend, highly recommend watching college game day. Um, they basically are, are in a tailgate live with with the fans, and they focus on they focus on all of the games for that week. But in particular, there's there's one key one that they've gone to. Um, and as and as Tom said, YouTube is is brilliant. Um, obviously, we'll give you recommendations each week on teams and and, and games in particular. Um, obviously, hopefully, some of our listeners can also get involved with some games that they they've enjoyed, not just from last year, but in in obviously it, however far back people want to go uh but yeah youtube youtube's brilliant and and just just have a look online um especially for old highlights and games there's, there's so much there's so much stuff out there uh, yeah i mean i wouldn't uh recommend sort of committing to to a subscription service until you've got the bug you know until you've got yeah. a team to vouch for and you've got time on your, on your saturday to to to, to watch your team for now, no. I'd, I'd stick to the stuff that's free and readily available. Find yourself a team. Find find something to get interested and excited about. 
and then you can take the next step and, and start subscribing. Okay, that's it for tonight, Ash. I've got I've got one more thing for, for the listeners. Um, it is a reminder that you have got until this Friday, which is the 21st of August, to enter our competition over on Twitter. All you need to do is follow us, follow at NFL underscore UK breaks, retweet our giveaway tweet and comment with the name of your favourite team. If you do all of those things, you will be put into the draw on Friday for some rookie card giveaways. The one guarantee is a signed Antoine Winfield Jr. rookie card. But when you comment the name of your NFL team, we'll also throw some cards from your preferred NFL team in there too. Ash, unfortunately, you're not invited. Yeah, I know. Missed the announcement last week, and then I find out that I can't even get them. I was absolutely gutted. Oh, but no, great. It's a, can you, it's a great. Can you, com- it's a great can you imagine the outcry if you, oh, you ended up winning? Yeah, that would. Yeah, yeah. I think there'd be some things said, but no. Uh, it's great that we can offer offer our listeners these these giveaways, and we just yeah, we we love your your involvement on on all things. So obviously, we, we've mentioned it a few times, but. Just like the listener questions that, that we've done today, we, we're more than happy to make this a, a regular segment if you guys just want to, or even if you just want to drop us a DM and just ask us a question, whether off the show or, or for preparation for the show. Yeah, and we, we have had that already. We've had people getting in touch, asking all sorts of things from, uh, do you, are you going to do a, a defensive plant the flag? We've had people asking about their planning trips to America and, you know, are there certain... Um, games that we, they, they must go to so if you need anything our DMs are always open 100% and I was a, I'm a former defensive player in the, the UK so I, yeah I, I have an affiliation to the defensive side of the game so well there you space. go you can do that one for me because as I said before defence if, you, if you're not an edge rusher I'm, I'm struggling I'm struggling to, to analyse your talent but that's, that says more about me than it does about them Right, Ash, it's been absolutely brilliant to have you back, mate. Uh, obviously, Stocks is always welcome to come and join us, but it's never quite the same when you're not here. Of course, Appreciate to it. you, the listeners, thank you for being with us. Thank you for getting involved in the giveaway and the listeners' questions too. We will see you next Wednesday. We have got a matter of three weekends until the NFL season. Fall football in the college game is almost upon us. So sit tight. The summer's coming to an end. And when it does, Saturdays are for rushing too. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out Chumba Casino at ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary VTW group void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus